I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Well, Taylor's in Europe, and uh, we decided, fuck the guy. He can stay in Europe because we got Low back in the studio. What up, Lowe's back. Your words, not mine. Horn Skanky, sitting down with us, hanging out. Uh, What a delight. So good to see you. Good to see you guys, too, and good to be back. Yeah, congratulations. You got a new house. I do. That's very exciting. It's still standing. It survived the hurricane. Yeah. That's awesome. I I know that there's there's likely some new folks that uh, listen to the podcast that haven't been around um, for that long. And if you are new to the show, uh, Lauren, uh, Lauren was our first hire. And uh, stuck around with us for like a little over a year. And uh, it was the fucking best. We'd have you on Few Good Fridays. Um, always fun to have you like chiming in. Um, and then you got like the dream job of a lifetime. And uh, and it took up way too much of your time to be hanging out with us yokels. Um, so we we miss you. But to have uh, you here today. I mean, what a fucking a treat. What a treat, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would also add that um, I think the people who, who miss you I wouldn't say more than us, but equally as much is is the Discord community. Like, yeah, our oh, patrons, like the, big time. The 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 old sweet potatoes. Yeah, I uh, miss. I yeah. love me some yams. I love me some sweet potatoes. <laughs> and I recently, I'll give a shout out to Stina, who I saw in the wild this summer. Oh, yeah, when I was uh, when I was uh, slinging beers at the Brightwood Beer Garden downtown Dartmouth. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she she showed up and we had a nice little chat. Sweet, so shout sweet. out to Stina. Yeah, yeah. Stina's uh, Stina's been just given the goods with. Um, with Feel Good Friday content. If I had oh, to yeah. wager a guess, I would say that she probably She's, provided she, some content for this week. Uh, she has. She has not. This Damn. is all. Oh, this Christina. is all. This is all from my <laughs> from my own little treasure trove of weirdness. I've seen internet. her posting online. So uh, I've, I've seen it. Uh, I've seen I, her posting online. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bunch of shit to get into, uh, but before I do, I got a uh, kind of a little story. So. Um, I just recently got back from a little a short little weekend vacation down in California. I went down to Desert Days, which was a really fun outdoor music festival. Took place on a beach in the desert. It was fucking beautiful. Um, but I had a little uh, a little incident had happened down there. Did you poop? No. <laughs> I well, aside from that one, uh, uh, one that di- that didn't directly involve me. Um, but it did involve me in terms of the incident at large. Um, I had to, I had to like, I had to kind of hop into my EMS sort of uh, uh, like first responder training, and yeah. it was wild. <laughs> it was a, it was a really wild experience. It made me, I got jacked up. It was really fascinating and and very exciting, and it made me realize that like, I think. I think my my calling in life, which has passed, 
but I think I would have made a really great paramedic. Because wait, wait, so, I, like, as much, so, so I'll preface this with, I really enjoyed the experience, yeah. although there was someone who was not okay. And, and you, you know, mean you I didn't enjoy it, that part You of mean it. you enjoyed it in the sense that you felt comfortable in the uncomfortable? Yes, and very calm. Right. Mm -hmm. And cool. So I felt that way when Taylor and I found the guy in the Calgary airport because I had had a previous experience. Yes. Where I had to be in a situation like that. As soon as you start talking about this, like I I realized like how much like residual trauma is in my brain about these experiences. Because like as soon as you start talking about that, like my brain just goes like immediately back to to my experience. And when we were in the Calgary airport traveling out west a few weeks ago, it was so weird being back in that place where this experience that happened to me and like man th- these events like yeah stick with you it does yeah mm-hmm. so so i didn't feel traumatized by it at all um i felt pretty good about it afterwards um and again like i felt like i hadn't had coffee that morning i didn't need coffee that day i was like yeah. jack no. the yeah. fuck up so yeah. quick like I'll, I'll quickly go through the story so this festival is it's a camping festival so you know a large portion of the people at this festival are camping uh, just outside of the festival grounds in this beautiful uh, national park um, uh, called uh, Lake Paris National Park. Mm-hmm. And um, there's shower uh, shower and bathroom um, facilities in the campground, which is great for a festival. You know, mm-hmm. it's fucking having a shower at a festival. Let me tell you, life changer. So uh, second day, we wake up. It's the day that Tame Impala is playing. So there's going to be like a massive, <coughs> massive crowd of people coming in for the show, just specifically for that show. And uh, Kira goes to take a shower. Uh, so she, she's like, I'm going to go shower. She goes, hops in the shower. And while she's in the shower, our tent is about mm, 50 feet from this shower facility. Every morning, there's a lineup of dudes waiting to get in the shower and a lineup of, of ladies, people just like waiting. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the campground about to start making coffee. And I hear this, this young woman start yelling, is there a doctor? Is there a nurse? Is there a doctor? Is there a nurse? So I hear this, immediately get up, and I'm like, oh, Kira, go. So I just like run to the bathroom. I, I thought run. you were going to say that you immediately got up and you were like, I'm a, I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would have been I like, I, like, because when I hear that now when I'm on a plane and somebody's like, is there a doctor on board? I'm like, I, it just makes me feel bad. I don't even think of the situation. I'm like, I wish I had my honorary doctor. No, no. That's so, all I think about. Yeah. And I was just wondering if you just... You just froze and you just started to go down this like, <laughs> why, this, why like rabbit hole thing. Like, ah, well, no, my, my first thought was Kira, my my lovely, lovely partner, is a CVICU nurse. She's like a she's she's like an intense nurse, you know, like she's witnessing crazy shit every day. Um, so I go, Kira, like Kira's a nurse. I got this. So I, I run towards the woman yelling, which is at the at this bathroom stall. And uh, when I when I start to get down there towards her, I see a guy laying on the ground, and another young woman running while I'm running. We're kind of like gonna kind of uh, get there at the exact same time. And and as we th- this confluence happens, she goes, "I'm a nurse," and I go, "Okay, cool. Don't need Kira. Like too many cooks in the kitchen. Let's just let this woman take over." So I get there with her, and I I take the the young man's head. And he's laying on his side, and there's a guy there who witnessed the whole thing. So I said, hey, what happened? And the guy goes, I don't know. I was talking to him. He, he just went down. Um, and, and, like, I don't know what happened. He hit his head a little bit, but, like, not too, too hard. And so I was like, okay, do you know him? And he was like, no. And I was like, does anyone know if he, if he took anything? The guy is, like, eyes rolled in the back of his head. He's drooling. Mm-hmm. He's groaning this, like, painful groan. 
and he's not responsive. Like I'm, you know, we're like, Hey, what's your name? What's your name? Nothing. Mm-hmm. So I, I look at the nurse as, as I'm asking these questions, basically looking to her to be like, okay, give me guidance and I'll, I'll like, I'll support you. And when I looked at her, she was ghost white. She was terrified. Like I could see her like trembling. And in that moment I went, okay, fuck this Kira go. So I stood up, ran around like to the other side of this complex where the female shower was. And I bust the door open. There's all these, all these women in there. This fucking guy comes in and I go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I like, you know, cover my face. And I go, Kira, she's in the shower. I go, Kira, she goes, what? I go, get out here now. Stop the shower. Guy is, there's a guy on the ground. I need your help. So I come back to the guy. Now there's like a crowd building around this guy. Again, there's people talking and they're like, I, you know, I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on. So I just looked up and I go, Narcan, if anyone has Narcan, go now. Mm-hmm. Two or three people like kind of like run off and they, I can hear them like yelling for Narcan or Naloxone. But isn't it crazy when you're st- standing there and there's a group of people that form in those just situations and standing. how people just don't, nobody yeah. knows what to do. People just get like frozen. They, they just don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so luckily a couple of people like got it and they ran off to try to find naloxone or, or narcan or something by this time kira comes out soaking wet her fucking hair is wet she's like covered in a towel so i tell her everything that i know and she's trying to like talk to this guy again nothing he's just like groaning eyes rolling in the back of his head and like more drool is just like coming out of his mouth mm-hmm. so i'm i'm immediately going he it's he, he's od like fentanyl or something like he's ODing. another e an er nurse shows up now and so her and kira start like kind of doing like medical talk to each other mm-hmm. and someone shows up and they go, I got Narcan. So I go give it to me. I open it up, pull it out. And it's uh, it's the like nasal spray Narcan. So I, I, I look at Kira and she takes it and she's like, all right, I'm going to give it to him. And I was like, fucking do it, do it. Like give it to him right now. And she's like, okay. So she goes, all right, I'm going to put, the, I'm going to put this in your nose and give this to you. She like says it to him as she puts the thing in his, in his sinuses. She doesn't pop it yet. He, she puts it in and he like pulls away. He's like, he, he just like, so he's like, oh, like tries to like get away from it. Yeah. She goes, no, 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 no. And she like holds him. She puts it in. She goes, pops it. Immediately. Immediately. The guy goes, <gasps> like fucking get, tries to get Turn up. back on. Oh, back online. Sort Damn. of. Not fully. Like back online with, a, with like, there's a, there's a virus in the system. Like 30% online, but much more online than before. Maybe like 5% online. Oh, like, okay. like he comes online enough to like, it, it looks like he wanted to get up and run. So of course we were like, no, 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 no. You're okay. You're okay. We, we pick him up. Someone brought a chair where we put him in a chair and we just start talking to him now. And he's, this was the part that I found so fascinating. I've never been in the presence of someone who was so not attached to our reality. Like he, he, we got his name. We knew his name. He said that we got his girlfriend's name and that's all we could get. So I, you know, I said like, do you have a wallet? Do you have your wallet on you? And he would like t- look at his hand and, and he had this like tame and Paula tattoo and he just started like scratching. He goes, here, here's my wallet. And like just handing his hand to nothing. And I was like, Oh, that, Oh my God. That's so like well, jarring and eerie. weird yeah. and eerie. And, he, he didn't know what year it was. He didn't know where he was. Like, he didn't know much. But then the ER nurse was like, hey, can I ask you something? Do you have seizures? And it was like, all of a sudden, he like came to and he goes, yeah, sometimes I do. And I was like, oh, that was weird. And then he's kind of like went right back to that sort of like detached, not really sure of anything. 
Whoa. EMS shows up. They take him away. Everyone was fucking frazzled. I was like, whoa, that was fucking exciting. Like that, like, man, that was that's that the was, way that I was after. Yeah, I was like, that was so crazy. <laughs> well, anyway, it turns out we, we ended up finding out that uh, they found his girlfriend. Uh, turns out he has epilepsy, hadn't had a seizure in years, had one of the worst seizures of his life wow. that moment. Whoa. Um, now, whether or not drugs are involved, I don't know. Like, who, you know, who knows if there was something else going on. But, man, I'll tell you, to see Narcan work the way it worked. How does that work? Like, is if, wild. Do, do you know um, if somebody has seizures and that was like, say, for example, hypothetically, it was it was just a full blown seizure, no drugs at all. Yeah. Seizure, no drugs at all. Does Nar can Narcan turn you back online with that? Like, like what what would happen if you took yeah. Narcan like that? So it's not it's not like it's not meant for that, right? No, no it's, not. it's not. So yeah. info at sickboypodcast.com if you have an answer to this that and and if especially if I have the wrong one. But um me and Kira talked about that and she was like, Well, you know, so Narcan is an is like an opioid blocker. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I think that's what's happening there. So it like mm-hmm. blocks your opioid receptors and yeah. that's the thing that like brings you awake um, if you're having an overdose. But Bakir was like, I could imagine, like if he was having just a seizure, I could imagine that thing, like, because when she clicked that thing, it went like, it was like, so like it's, it's obviously driving something with force up his fucking sinuses. Um, and I'd imagine that that probably hurts. I can't imagine that it's like, Flonase or something where you just like like whatever's in that Narcan I'm sure is like oh fuck you know it's kind of like like, oh Jesus Christ so so it could have been that it could have been like just the sheer force of this thing blasting into his face like kind of you know like if it was either that or or like I just slapped him you know like like maybe something brought him up yeah um but but I don't know maybe maybe he had you know maybe he took some like ketamine or something and there was something in it that led to you know, maybe a double whammy of like a a, a, a slight overdose and and mm-hmm. a seizure. I don't know, but but uh, yeah, it was it was fucking wild. It's, it's it was wild, wild to like those situations are so intense, um, especially as somebody who like say you only have like first aid training. Yeah, um, there's so many things that could be happening in those situations. hundred you know, percent. Like whether it's like cardiac arrest, overdose, seizure, and it's it seems it's so like unclear as somebody who like has just taken a first aid training yeah. on like how to best support in those situations. Yeah. Like as somebody who's done chest compressions in two different scenarios where one was probably the right situation and one was probably the wrong situation. Almost definitely was the wrong situation. <laughs> With Taylor. Yes. Where but, he broke his rib cage. Yeah. But, but it, it is, it's overwhelming to like, think about yeah. like, well, I mean, how do you respond in these situations? That That's why like when that ER nurse was like, do you have seizures? Like when she, when the, when it first came out of her mouth, I remember thinking, well, that's a dumb question. This isn't a seizure. He's overdosing. And then he, when he went, yeah, I do. I went, oh, okay. Well, you're the nurse. So I guess that's why I'm <laughs> yeah. not a fucking, was she, I'm not a doctor. was she taking like other shots in the dark or asking? Other no, that was like, that was the, that was the one thing one... that she just went, Damn. I think okay. this is a seizure. Mm-hmm. Um, and she nailed it. Yeah. She was, she was on like, it was, it was really wild. I'm, I'm imagining like being in that situation and you have, you know, like, Say say it was like anaphylactic shock, and mm. there was somebody there, and they were on their own, and they had peanuts, and and you know they were had a severe peanut allergy, and, yeah. and you didn't know that, but also you had Narcan, you had an EpiPen, well, and Narcan. So like, what do you what do you do in the, that situation? The one thing that I have 
been told with Narcan is that, um, you know, if you give Narcan and it's not needed, it's not going to, it's not going to do a bunch of harm. Yeah. Right. Same it's, with like chest compressions. Yeah. Prob- uh, unless it's Taylor and you, yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> but in um, worst case you break their ribs, which yeah, is yeah. actually like not the worst. Not nearly as bad as having cardiac arrest. All happen, right, right, Brian, right? Tell, yeah. say that to your own self to make you feel better yeah. about Guys, yourself. Guys, I... Sat by and watched somebody I die know, not I doing know. chest compressions. But I, but the, so I have severe trauma from that. The, the part of it that one might say Taylor also has severe trauma from that. <laughs> he should. He shouldn't fucking pass out yeah. on his own. The thing though, the, the thing though that really stood out to me that and that I want to reiterate, which I think is really important, is that when I when I requested Narcan and those people ran off to different camps, not knowing if anybody had it. We had two separate people from two separate directions bring two separate boxes of Narcan. And for that, I was really proud and really, like, really grateful that the community that we were surrounding ourselves with at this festival were people that knew, like, harm reduction techniques, that knew that this is an important thing to have on hand. Um, And again, like, if you're someone who... uh, I mean, you know, this is a psych rock music festival. Everybody's doing fucking acid. Like everybody's on drugs. Um, And if you know you're going to be in that environment, then prep yourself, you know, like have those things on hand. I almost packed my, my naloxone kit, but I wasn't sure if I'd be allowed to like go through customs with Mm -hmm. that or something. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but the fact that some people had some Narcan there was really, uh, it was just really nice to like see that in the, in that community. That is a good question. If you know, if you can fly, if you're listening Mm -hmm. right now and you know Mm -hmm. that, whether or not you can cross borders with naloxone, yeah. that would um, let us know because you can fly with epipens, right? Like yeah. you can fly mm-hmm. with you can fly with meds. Um, so I would guess you can, but yeah. also, yeah, I probably wouldn't myself take the risk until I looked into. I mean, it I, for I, sure. I, I, yeah, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't even want the customs agent to be like, "Why do you have this?" You know, like, <laughs> I like, man, don't, I don't want to. I don't need any red flags on my shit. So, yeah. Um. Uh. Okay, that story's over. Let's move on. It's spooky time, spooky season. I don't have anything to add to this other than just the photo that I saw on Reddit and it blew my mind. This, what do you guys think this is? Oh, it's a face transplant for sure. Wow, good job, Brian. Uh, Lo, uh, tell our listeners that are just listening that aren't uh, subscribed to your YouTube channel, whatever the fuck they're doing with their lives, um, what we're looking at right now. So you see a bunch of folks in scrubs. There's a lady taking a picture of something that is on a table. Everyone's surrounding this table. They're looking down at it, and it looks like like a half a half a face or part of a face just flat on a on a table. It right? looks like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. It looks For like those. Leatherface. <laughs> yeah, from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Jared just lifted up his sweater. He has a Texas Chainsaw <laughs> oh, yeah, Massacre. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Shirt on right now. <laughs> so, so uh, um, yeah, that photo is wild. It's a face transplant, and they just cut off. They just took his face off. off. I knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting until that. Dude, happened. face off is real. Isn't that cool? What a cool thing. I love that. Can you choose someone based on how good looking they are for how your face transplant? Amazing would is that there be? a catalog? Can you imagine? Or it could be like, this is a butterface. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what's interesting about that thought though? It's like, it's like, okay, if you got a if you got a gnarly looking face, and I'm, and what I mean by that is like if you're ugly, mm-hmm. um, and they took you and they took your face off, I wonder how much of your ugliness has to do with cause because beauty like beauty, the, the science behind beauty, if you want to put beauty in quotations, because you know everything's subjective but the science behind what we think is beautiful um has to do with symmetry 
Mm-hmm. So if you took a nar- like an Ugmo face on a on a on a skeleton on a on a skull that's like kind of asymmetrical, but then you put that ugly face on like a perfectly symmetrical skeleton head, yeah, it would that make you hotter or someone with incredible bone structure? Yes, right. Yeah. Wow, what if I, all of a sudden you had like a chin? <laughs> I personally don't use yeah. ugly is not part of my vocabulary. Oh, I choose not to up, say ugly. <laughs> You motherfucker. Um, Beauty yeah. is in the eye of the beholder. Oh, I mean, you're, you are right. You are right about that to, an, to a degree. But uh, you cannot deny that like someone with a really symmetric, like Halle, they did, I think in the study they referred to Halle Berry. Mm. The reason why Halle Berry looks so beautiful is because she apparently, uh, by, mathematically, she has a perfectly symmetrical face. Mm. Um, wow. Which I do not have. Like, you know, I'm, I'm fucking... You're I'm, working with what I got. I'm working with what I got here, and it ain't symmetry. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Is it just symmetrical? Like, like you draw a line down the yeah. middle, and no matter like how warped and distorted your <laughs> bone structure is or whatever on one side, if it maps exactly, it's like. Is that the type of person that you look at and you go, there's something well, unique or yeah, interesting yeah. about that person? Well, I'm sure there's like, They're there's really like good looking. I'm sure there's different quadrants that like would, yeah. would hold the symmetry. But yeah. Like it wouldn't just be like, right. It's just not left and right. It's no, like, no, it's, yeah. it's probably all of it. You know, right? if like, you ever do that filter on the camera where it mirrors the exact, like you look weird as shit. You do look I weird. find like yeah. when you have that perfect symmetry, it looks odd. Yeah. But you know, yeah. you got like, yeah. you, you got someone who has like one nostril a little smaller than the other. And then they got like, you know, maybe a cheekbone that's like, like, nominally higher than the other side but you can't even tell but my balls but are like that down. You, you have um <laughs> balls ball that are perfectly symmetrical no, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> just two perfectly formed eggs <laughs> that's the same thing with uh with breasts many many women's breasts are not perfectly symmetrical or the right. exact same there's shape, always like right? one larger than the other one yeah. that like droops a little more than the other yeah, yeah mine are like this uh, wow, that's that's people can't see this, but uh, that seemed really dramatic the way that you did that. I got one down yeah. by my knee, one up by my ear. This is yeah, trying to find a bra is really hard, yeah, but I've managed. Yeah, I, I like that now that we're doing YouTube, um, and people can see this on video. I like that we are being more inclusive to audio listeners, and uh, it reminds me of Jared was telling you this the other day, but I love audio accessible features yeah. on things. And so mm-hmm. like like one um, one example of that is a website. Yeah. And so um, websites now have images with alt text. It's been around for a while, but... but like um, uh, the guy standing. The, that's a good yeah, example, yeah, right? So yeah. we had this guy on the podcast, guy standing. That's his name. And he had a photo on his, uh, on his Wikipedia page. Um, and they did an entire Reply All episode on this. They did... They, he, he, he does incredible work when it comes to um, basic income. That's what his entire life has been dedicated to. Mm-hmm. This reply all episode had nothing to do with his work and only to do with his, his, uh, Wikipedia page. But the picture of guy standing is guy, uh, guy standing, sitting in a chair and the, 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 the like descriptive, <laughs> the descriptive was guy standing, sitting <laughs> and, oh, and, and people wanted to like change it and it became this like sort of online yeah. fucking battle anyway. But, but the, the cool thing about alt text is like, even if there's, even if there's an image without like a caption, you can caption the, yeah. the image in the met, in the metadata so that somebody using a screen reader can, yeah. can hear what is on the screen. And, uh, Tell me what been, you did for a photo of us on uh, our website. I've been making the sick boy site like full of Easter eggs for those for people who uh, <laughs> who are only listening to it, and it's like a photo of Taylor and Jeremy and 
Brian from the waist up. They are wearing clothes. You can imagine them without clothes if you'd like to. <laughs> because like those people can't see, so they're just seeing in their head anyway, right? So why not give them let the them see what the they want to see? Let them see what they yeah, want. Yeah, exactly. No, why are you looking, huh? Why are you looking at me? I love it. Um, so uh, here's a here's an interesting story. A uh, young man um, who was cut in half by a forklift uh, says he's disappointed by how friends reacted. What the fuck? Yeah, so in, in 2019, uh, laborer Lorne Shears uh, nearly met his fate when he was involved in a freak forklift accident. Shears. Sh- uh, it's it, like he, he was born for attack. Might, might actually be showers. Sh- showers. Oh, okay. But let's go with Shears. Uh, Lorne <laughs> Shears. Um, a forklift accident would saw him veer off a bridge while in the vehicle and fall 50 feet. Holy uh, shit. Lauren from Wilsaw, Montana, United States. Wilsaw? <laughs> this man, he was going to get cut in half. It was just a matter of time. <laughs> it's Wilsaw. No. <laughs> but let's go with Wilsaw. <laughs> Wilsaw, Montana, uh, has spoken out since uh, about the reactions to his accident, uh, including whether or not his friends have been there for him since. Here's a photo of um, of long, young Lauren. Um, Lauren and his wife Sabia, or Sabia, not sure, uh, <laughs> conducted a YouTube live where they let followers ask them questions and invited them to chat. Um, one user asked, do your friends still treat you the same way they used to before the accident? Are you happy, surprised, or disappointed by some of them? Lauren replied, I've been mostly disappointed by most of them, I'd say. Sabia continued, uh, I've been a little surprised by some of them. Lauren went on to explain that a couple of friends came out of the woodworks and have been really supportive. However, other friends totally reverted and have been reclusive, he added. But it's whatever to me, you know, Lauren continued. I've got Sabia and that's all I need. Um, As well as reflecting on their friend's support since Lauren's accident, the couple have also spoken about how it's impacted their marriage. Going through this together has definitely uh, strengthened a lot of aspects of our relationship. It has made us a lot more ap- uh, appreciative of the little things that we would used to take for granted as a couple before, Sabia explained. Lauren is ha- now has a very simple life now compared to what it used to be, uh, noting, quote, there's a lot more laying around than before, which would make a lot of sense uh, <laughs> considering there's not a lot of walking around going on. Um, <laughs> it was about three months after the accident that I finally wrapped my head around how crazy and miraculous it really is for me to be alive, he admitted. Uh, Lauren explained how he and Sabia plan to, quote, travel the world and then have some kids. The couple want to teach them, the couple want to, quote, teach them to be better people than we are. So a pretty simplistic life. Um, It's interesting. Like that makes me think of uh, conversations that I would have with Brandon. Um, who is So Brandon was 19 when, uh, for people who who aren't familiar with the podcast, we had a, a guest on the show early on named Brandon Thomas who had, an osteosarcoma uh, and had his leg amputated and he was 19 years old and he would oftentimes talk about how we, we became really good friends and he would oftentimes talk about how a lot of his friends from high school um, that he th- thought were friends didn't yeah. really stick around much or weren't really there for him f- throughout his uh, like surgery yeah. and recovery process. We've heard from a lot of people on the show and, that have kind of said the exact same sentiments. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I feel like I I understand it from the in the sense that like man when I was 19 it was really hard for me to be like emotionally I guess be vulnerable and be honest with how I felt about yeah certain things and and 
to show up for somebody who's going through something really tough like that, it it does take a lot of like strength to step into that role because it is, you know, can be challenging. And can Especially be when you're that young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's easier for those people to like, you know, send a text every once in a while and say like, hey, how's it going, buddy? Rather than like actually showing up in a way that is helpful for. I mean, like I think person. I get I get what you're saying and I agree. Um, but it's also a dick move. You know, it's like. I totally there, agree. I, like, I think it's a dick move too. Totally. But, but, I, but, it, but, but I don't think the dick move comes from a place of wanting to be a dick. I no, think the dick move comes from a place of yeah. not being able to handle the realities of life. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like when you talk to people about death, mm-hmm. some people are like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's talk about it. But then some people are just like, oh, absolutely not. Like, and don't even fucking attempt to talk mm-hmm. to me about that because that makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so when, when, you know, when friends get sick or when friends go through an accident, um, it, it really does kind of filter out those, those folks in your life that don't have the, the, uh, the resolve to, mm-hmm. to be there for you. And man, I, I didn't know that, uh, like my dad was like that until I had a recent conversation with him. So like, I've always sort of thought of my dad as like somebody who's like not really comfortable having like a warm emotional conversation and, yeah. um, a few weeks ago I was talking to him on the phone and my grandmother had had a stroke and she was in the hospital mm. and he was, I was like, Hey, um, you know, is she going to, is she going to be able to go back home? And he was like, no, she's probably gonna have to go into a home now. And he was like, yeah, I mean, we've been sort of like expecting this for a while. You know, they're getting old, like your grandparents are in the, in their nineties. And so like, you know, it's, it, this is part of life. And I was like, wow, like, yeah, we're having a real conversation about this. And then I was like, how, how do you feel? Are, are you sad? And he was like, he was like, no, I don't really get that sad. There's no point in getting sad about it. And I was like, your mom is dying, mm. dude. Like, it's okay. Like, yeah. it's okay to be sad. And whether you feel like prepared and you've accepted that and you've gone through this sort of like pre-grieving process, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really care who you are i think that you're still going to grieve through that experience and i mean like the amount of the amount of things that i've talked about in therapy where i'm like oh this isn't a traumatic experience and then i like start to dig into it and i'm like oh fuck i do feel that way about the thing and like that does affect me in this way and so yeah it was it's weird you know having a conversation with a parent and you're trying to go to that place with them Mm. and they feel Mm -hmm. it feels like they're resistant to it I think that's partly why when the queen died, people lost their shit because it was like something that was like a presence like on our money and like in so many like random small ways that Mm. all of a sudden was gone. And like, I didn't really care. I was like, oh, whoa. Mm -hmm. But so many people, I I was a bit surprised by how many people, especially in Canada, were so put out by it and were like actually like feeling a sense of grief for it. And I was like, wow, I wonder if that's, if it was kind of like a wake up call in a really, really small way where it's like, there's nothing permanent, including yeah. like, I mean, I want to see that you know? whenever a celebrity dies, yeah. you, you see that. You but know? I wonder, I wonder if that is <clears throat> people who, who are so bottled up with their own grief that like, don't feel comfortable expressing it towards their loved ones mm-hmm. because they're uncomfortable with like how that feels mm-hmm. that when they see something like that happen, that feels a little bit removed from them they project onto it because yeah. it's like this easier outlet where it's like, Oh, like I can feel that way. And people aren't going to question like dig too deep into it or whatever. Mm. But like, if you're, if you're like, I guess, I guess I think of um, like when you're talking about the experience that you were talking about at the start of um, the show today, 
but using Narcan and, and finding this guy, like immediately I project my experience onto that. Yeah. And I'm not feeling what you felt. I'm feeling what I felt from a past experience. Yeah, yeah. And so like when you're looking at death in any sort of way, the way that the queen's death was so publicized and the, mm-hmm. you're actually watching it. When's the last time you watched a funeral, like yeah. on TV or in person? Yeah. And, it, and there's probably like sort of, leftover emotions from experiences like yeah. that that you've had that you're like projecting or I mean, people project onto those. I, I felt that with um, Gord Downey's death, you know? Yeah. yeah. That was that was one for me that like yeah. m- unearthed shit where I went, oh, ooh, ooh, like I think there's some stuff I got to like dig into here and, and mm. kind of examine my own life. Um, here's an interesting uh, little story. So uh, the first province to regulate psychedelics for therapy has been announced. It hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. Can you guess which province will be the first province to regulate psychedelics for therapy the most unlikely one yep really who do you, do think you know he, you, you must know alberta you know what my first guess was bc and then i thought alberta because in some it's so unlikely that it's likely because they're because <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. they as yeah. a province are getting to a place where they're like fuck you canada <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. and so yeah. I see it. Yeah. I see it. It's Alberta, right? That's a good way of thinking of it. It is. Yeah. Alberta will become the first Canadian jurisdiction to regulate the use of psychedelics, uh, psychedelic drugs for people in therapy. Oh. Uh, the province announced uh, last Wednesday. Associate Minister of Health and Addictions, Mike Ellis, uh, also induced, introduced new rules to limit who can prescribe high potency drugs to people with difficult to treat opioid addictions. Uh, the changes are uh, aimed at protecting the public ensuring that patients receive high standards of care and preventing risky drugs from inadvertently ending up on the streets. Dr. Rob Tangway, a psychiatrist who um, specializes in addiction medicine and pain medicine, said patients are vulnerable while taking psychedelics and need protection. He said, quote, the risk is much lower with a regulated psychologist who is registered with their college than someone who printed a certificate off the internet and then went on to the internet to advertise, quote, I'm a psychedelic <laughs> therapist, come see me. Uh, Tange said at a news conference in Edmonton on Thursday, researchers are also uh, are increasingly studying the use of psychedelic drugs like psilocybin, LSD, and ketamine to help people with post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, or depression resistant to conventional treatments, which we've talked about at length on the show. Although these drugs are illegal in Canada, doctors and researchers can apply to Health Canada to use them in clinical trials, get special access for therapy, or seek an exemption that's in the public interest. Health Canada was unable to provide information on Wednesday about how many people are authorized to prescribe the drugs. Advocates for their use have previously said gaining permission is rare, which also we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not making it easy for folks to have that uh, ability to prescribe. Mm -hmm. This this just makes me think that in 20 years, these drugs will be legal everywhere. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just like... Yeah. Like maybe I not all like- of them, but like I could see mushrooms for sure being like, you know, I walked in the other day to buy weed for for um, like CBD gummies, sleep gummies for Kira, and uh, every time, every time I go to the NSLC to buy weed, I'm always like, you know, they're always so helpful, and then I pay for it and they give it to me and they smile and they say see you later and I go, isn't this funny? Like isn't this so funny? Like this <laughs> yeah. could be mushrooms in five years. Like this this is so great. But it, but it seems, I mean, the 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 negative aspects of legalizing it like it seems so obvious that we it seems like everybody knows this now like it's not just it doesn't like have we, a good effect just like on we society knew, just right? like we like, knew with weed before we exactly got legalized. it's just it like, like it, we all knew but like it feels like we're at that point where 
societally we agree yeah it's just like the law takes longer to catch up right like like in Mm -hmm. 20 years this will all be this will be crazy that we even went through this last like 100 years of yeah totally of of prohibition hopefully fingers crossed that we get to that point yeah i I think that would be really important yeah also i just want to say i love alberta specifically edmonton I love you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I do too. Owe, I do too. We, we owe you guys a few. I love you. We love you. <laughs> we do. We do. Um, uh, here's a, a story. This is this one's kind of uh, kind of intense. So buckle up. Fuck. Uh, woman spends three days in hospital after dog pooed on her face while she slept. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Here's the uh, woman, and here's the poo. Uh, no, but <laughs> yeah. she took a picture of it. <laughs> yeah, what? Oh, a woman no. was uh, hospitalized for three days after her beloved pet Hooch <laughs> uh, did a shite on her face while she slept. Amanda Gomo from Bristol was enjoying one of her proper good afternoon naps. You know the ones where you're out for the count and your mouth is wide open. And her oh. Chihuahua Belle decided to join her, but as the 51 year old was snoozing, little Belle came down with the squirts and violently burst uh, a <laughs> diarrhea, stirred Amanda from her slumber. Oh. In the worst way possible. She said, quote, I was having my afternoon nap with Belle, like I always do, when I suddenly felt something squirt in my mouth. The oh. moment three recalled. I rushed to the bathroom and my son was in the shower. So before I washed, uh, washed it out, I had time to take a quick snap. It was disgusting and I was hur- hurling violently for hours after. I couldn't, I just couldn't get the taste out of my mouth. Ugh. It, wait, wait. Is that not the craziest part of this whole article that... She waited for her <laughs> son to finish. I'd be like, get out. I would either yeah, kick the yeah, door in yeah. or I would go to the kitchen. Go to the, sink. Yeah, go to the sink. Yeah. yeah. Um, the garden uh, hose. Uh, <laughs> uh, Amanda's daughter took Belle to the vet uh, and the pup was diagnosed with a nasty stomach bug and put on antibiotics. However, this was not the end of the grim ordeal for Amanda. In fact, it was far from it. Later that day, she started displaying the same symptoms as Belle. So she called 111, which is not 911. Uh, that is, I guess, what they do over in Bristol. One, one, one. Uh, and an ambulance was sent to her home. Paramedics prescribed her painkillers for her stomach cramps and instructed her to drink lots of water to flush out any potential infection. But after their visit, her symptoms became progressively worse. And 48 hours later, Amanda's cramps spread all over her body. Oh. Amanda's mom then rang 999, 999, uh, which, uh, again, not 911. Uh, over in Bristol, it's 999. Uh, and they dispatch another ambulance. I mean, you can call 999, 111, 000, 555, What happens when you call 666? Uh, <laughs> bites show up and they fuck you to death. Um, Sick. Uh, so another ambulance came and this time she was trans- transported to Bristol Royal Infirmary and immediately hooked up to a drip. Uh, there, di- doctors diagnosed Amanda with a gastrointestinal infection that had been passed through Bell's feces into her mouth oh. days earlier. She was kept under observation for three days while they rehydrated her with the electrolytes and the glucose. Amanda, who has Crohn's disease, said, from the moment I got ill to when I was put on the drip, I couldn't eat a thing. <laughs> the cramps got worse and worse until I could feel them all over my body, even in my legs. They sent an ambulance the second time, and I was so dehydrated from being sick and having diarrhea that my kidneys had shriveled to half their size. The Crohn's bit actually makes a lot of sense because the, like, I, I can see how she would be familiar with feces in a way that she would be comfortable having it on her face yeah, for an extended yeah, period of yeah, time. Yeah. That's yeah. got to be like the only way. Yeah. Like you're so familiar with diarrhea with that like, mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that yeah, that makes sense. Do you know what the most disgusting dog diarrhea in general is like 
the it's bad. worst. It's, yeah, it's pretty bad. bad. And the smell of it so is so hard to pick up. I was um mm. when I was so hard to pick up. When I used to um do Rover, I don't know if I've told you guys the story before, but um I was looking after <laughs> these really old this. pugs. Yeah. And uh and they Rover's were like, like a, a dog walking dog sitting app. And like, uh, I was staying at this like guy's house watching his two like 14-year-old dogs and he was basically told me before I dog sat for them that like he was like if they die I understand it's not your fault. Like, they oh were that my old. god! And, oh uh, wow, they were really so on their last leg. I was working in, in an office at the time, and I was like, it, it was like five o'clock, and I, and I still had work to do, so I was running late getting home, and I had to take these dogs out, and and uh, on the way home, I got these really bad stomach cramps. Like, I had to take a really bad shit, and so I was like racing home, and I'm like stuck in traffic, and I I finally get home, and it's like six o'clock, and the dogs have been inside like all day and I oh, really should have taken them out. Puppies. And so I run inside and the dog's like, the dog's like, podcast. the dog's <laughs> like, it, was, it wasn't that long. Like I, I had, I had explained to him how long I'd be in the office and he was like, this is, that's fine. And so, um, the dog was so old, it didn't like walk or do anything. And, and it, the only thing it did was shit. But I ran <laughs> inside, like as soon as I got home, I ran inside and the dog, the dog saw me. I was like, I'll, I'll take you outside. Just, I just really got to like my stomachs and I just ran into the bathroom and sat on, sat on the toilet and the dog walked in front of me on the toilet and just looked at me and just had diarrhea oh, all over the floor in oh. front of me while I was, while I was also taking shit. And, Did, and was like, he making eye contact? This, yeah, he was. And the <laughs> smell of it. And I'm like, they there, do, I'm you like, know why they do that? There's why a reason why they, dogs yeah. make eye contact you oh, with, to, with you to, when, when you shit. For their safety. When they shit. Yeah. Cause they're going, they're looking at you going, I am vulnerable right now. So if any like hawk comes down to like snatch me up or another dog comes to fuck me up, I need you to step in. Really? So they're, yeah, they're looking at you to be like, please keep me safe while I'm vulnerable because poop's coming out of me. Because yeah. I like to make eye contact with my cat when he's shitting, but he doesn't like it. That's So I, I like to make eye contact with Kira when I shit and she doesn't like it. <laughs> Cats are evil. That's why. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> Give it dog. I love cats. I do. Um, uh, it's contrary to the to, uh, to everyone else's belief. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. Uh well here let's uh, let's cap this week off with uh with a top ten list because Brian I know how much you love them love them ten worst ways to die can you do it more TikToky ten worst ways to die <laughs> perfect <All right. laughs> here's number ten starve to death whoa that's number ten yeah it takes a long time it's only gonna get worse uh this is in order of worst. Like worst, worst to worst. Is I thirsty to death on this? No, I can't I wait to so. see what number one is. You can't. Uh, number <laughs> ten. This, this is coming from uh, stuff you should know. Starve to death. So for many of us, eating is pretty much the best way part of any day. It serves uh, to reason that not eating in any capacity would be a horrible way to live life. 
Even worse, though, is depriving yourself, your body of food to the point of death. First of all, a body can live for a surprising one to three months without food. Whoa. Um, although foods like liquid, uh, like water or even coffee must be taken. Um, but what a miserable couple of months they would be. After less than a week, the body begins to develop dangerous symptoms as it begins to feed off stored fat for energy. Uh, the liver begins to panic first, producing toxins that can be harmful in large quantities. Before a month is up, you're losing about 18% of your starting weight. Whoa. And then, of course, your body begins to consume its own muscle and organs to be, sa- uh, to be uh, sated with energy. Uh, you can prolong the starvation process by ingesting much-needed salt, but it's hard to deny how miserable your final days would be. Oh, and that, that is pretty bad. It's bad. It's bad. It is only number 10. It's only number 10. It gets so, way worse. I, I'm, I'm curious to decide. So at the end of this, we should all decide which way we would, we would prefer. Yeah, prefer yeah, okay, to Because at least yeah. in all the other ways you're about to name, you get snacks. Yes, that's yeah. right. You get to eat. <laughs> you have snacks. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> this one, you get snacks to, uh, to a certain degree, and then the snacks run out. Uh, adrift at sea. You have to say number nine. Number nine. Adrift at sea? <laughs> yeah. TikTok, right? Put like Perfect. some gull sounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good idea. Will. Uh, here's, the, <laughs> here's the thing about the worst way to die. Uh, some of them don't sound that bad if you forget that you die in the end. Uh, case in point, being adrift at sea. Sure, you might be thinking being adrift at sea sounds miserable, but at least you have the hope that a passing cruise ship will spot you or that a mermaid will befriend you and have sex with you and teach you how to breathe underwater. I added the sex part. I was going to say. Um, we, we all have our fantasies. Uh, but we're not talking about the 10 coolest ways to get rescued, remember. So reading through tales of those lost at sea, some of them don't have the luxury of having a boat and are just bobbing in open water. Uh, you start to realize how crushing it must be to be surrounded by endless possibilities for demise. Will it be a shark that takes a bite out of you or chomps your boat, uh, which leaves you thrashing in the water waiting for the shark to return? Will it be starvation, which was number 10? Uh, will it be hypothermia after your boat capsizes in the storm? The possibilities are endless, awful, and the only thing left to think about, which is why being adrift at sea is safely on our list of worst ways to die. That is that is pretty bad. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the thought of like the thought of the thought of dying while you're dying, that's scary. I would already rather be adrift at sea than starve to death. Because like the the sense of hope. Yeah, I don't know. The sense know. of hope is what like what keeps you like as if I was, but the sense of hope dwindles so fucking yeah. quickly, and you don't know what's gonna get you. And I would That's rather it. just know what's yes. killing me. Yeah, I'd rather go. Yeah. Well, I'm starving yeah. to death. Yeah. Then so, yeah. for me to go, well, I could starve to death, but I also could get eat, like half eaten by a shark and yeah. then starve to death. You guys, you guys have glass half empty <laughs> mentalities. <laughs> All right. Well, this one sounds pretty bad. Um, but is it number eight? I don't know. Number eight. Fall into a volcano. <laughs> this is comical. <laughs> now bear with us here. Falling into a volcano, you say. Sure, that sounds bad, but you're pretty much dead. Dead, dead, dead. Before you can blink, right? No, not right. What? Well, because of the relative density of lava, you'll be delighted to know that if you were to fall into a volcano, golem style, you will probably not be swallowed like a rock plopping into water. Instead, you will land on the top of the lava with a soft oh. little hiss. Or not. Um, but I don't know about the hiss. Um, and then basically burst into flame, which what? that, I mean, burning to death is bad. 
but to land in a volcano, land in lava, hang out in lava for, I don't know, five seconds, and then burst into flame. So if burning on top of the lava crust isn't bad enough for you, you'll be glad to know that another scientist tested this theory by throwing a 66-pound bag of food into a volcano to discover, hooray, sometimes the crust can be penetrated by bags of organic matter, matter, i.e. humans. So if you're really looking for a miserable way to die, jumping into a volcano might be the way to do it. So, whoa, that is way gnarlier than I thought it would be. It would be pretty bad. Uh, because my Especially if you didn't land was, like oh, yeah. head first. Yeah. You know, if you landed with your face right into the lava and you somehow even penetrated up to your eyeballs. Shut the power off. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah you're just like, yeah, yeah. lights you're out, done. Yeah. lights out, you know? If you had to jump off a building, which I'm assuming falling from heights is one of these. Nope. Um, well, oh. it should be. but No, um, it should not be. No. You don't think so? I would, would 100% over everything on this list, I would jump. Probably quicker. If you had to jump. Way quicker. If you had to jump, though, I'd rather, I'd rather. It'd be scary um, shit for whatever, whatever time it takes for you to get terminal velocity it actually hit, feels like, like a long time. Like I face planted down a staircase and that was just one story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I had enough time, time to think, wow, this is going to suck yeah, 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 <laughs> before yeah. I hit the bottom. Yeah. Now you jump out of the sea and tower. You're like, wow, this is going to suck. Yeah. Holy, this sucks. And then you read the paper and oh, then you land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would yeah. you, would you, if you had to jump though, considering it's not on the list, we might as well just dig into this for a second. <laughs> if you had to jump from a 30 story building yeah, um, and you knew you were going to die, how would you approach the concrete? Head first. Would you do that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'd I'm a fucking, glass. I'd missile into the fucking I'm table. a glass half full type of guy. You try and, and land I'd, on your butt? I would be. I'd be, probably maybe Splat, flat too. Yeah, and sp- I'd be flapping out. my sprawl arms. Out. Yeah. As like flapping my arms as hard as I could. I mean birds. I'd actually you know what I <laughs> you know you know what I would do? I would because I know I'm gonna die. So like I'm not there's no hope. So I'm gonna make sure I die quick. I'd tuck my knees up into my chin and then try to land on my feet. So it just pops my head off. Oh, you just gotta relax. That's how people survive bad cats, falls. They just stay limp. Yeah, cats yeah. survive. They just stay limp, and then your body, because that, because where you get where you hurt yourself is where you try to break your fall. Yeah, yeah. Then like all of the the shock gets absorbed by yeah. one part of your body. Like for me, when I I broke my wrist when I fell down the stairs. So like because I tried, I guess, to break my fall with yeah. my hand. And then my broke my nose yeah. too. I'll what, tell you right now that? though, you relax jumping thirty stories. You're <laughs> you're fucking you're, you're dead. But anyway. would what like. I mean, you broke your wrist, but didn't that also absorb some of the impact? Like, wouldn't couldn't it have been worse? Could have been your spine. It, oh yeah, it could have been way worse. I could have broken my my neck, my teeth, yeah. but I just broke my wrist and my nose. Right. But I will say, like, I that that was kind of the more impactful parts of my injuries. But I was bruised all over. I had mm. a bruise on. I remember I had a big bruise on my chin for weeks. Like. I had two black eyes. Like I, it hurt to move for a few oh. days. Like it was not cute. <laughs> I would really wanted a nose job though. Cause my nose was broken just bad enough that they thought I might need one. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> do it. <laughs> Go for it. But- um, number seven sacrificed. What? <laughs> whoa. whoa. Yeah. That's an option. So imagine <laughs> this. You're not only going to die, but you have to believe or pretend that you're being ritualistically killed because you're a perfectly beautiful and physically unblemished specimen. Unfair. And with that, we come to human sacrifice, another worst way to die. In this case, we're talking about the Incan tradition 
of human sacrifice, usually involving a child's chief. Human sacrifice was a pretty cold affair, literally, actually. The ritual would, ritual would take place high on an Andes summit. Um, they feed the victims some liquor, however, the day of the ritual, presumably to arm them with a little against the weather and pain. Archaeologists aren't too sure how painful a death the victims encountered. Many of them do have skull fractures, which leads them to believe if they were not killed by the blow, they were at least knocked out before they died of exposure, which considering the gruesome nature of this process still seems like cold comfort. Uh, Wait, so they they would just like bludgeon them and then leave, leave them, them out, leave them out in the like up on a fucking mountain. That's yeah. pretty anticlimactic. Yeah. Uh, but human sacrifices is uh, out of most of our wheelhouses. Uh, let's all r- ruminate darkly on something most of us can relate to dying a horrible death in a fiery plane crash. Um, so which is number six plane crash. Um, uh, but the, the, uh, the sacrifice thing, I mean, there's other, sac- like there, there's other sacrifices that I know of, like, uh, the Mayans would sacrifice people by cutting out their heart, their beating heart and hold their beating heart op- up to the crowd. How, how long would they live without their heart? Not long. Yeah, like uh, like seconds. You're growing or? out pretty quick. Yeah, but I mean, having your heart cut out. Yeah, that's that's, bad. Sound, that's bad. like uh, would that be considered human sacrifice? Oh, yeah. Would you classify that in the same? Oh yeah, it was the same. Yeah, yeah, category? it was it was it was happening in a sacrificial manner. Because personally, I would rather die by human sacrifice than the lava. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I I'm with you on that. Yep. It's way more metal. <laughs> but a plane crash. This one. Uh, I mean, this one's. Pretty scary. Um, uh, so let's just get the awful facts straight. So you know what you're dealing with when a plane starts to go down. First of all, you're probably about six miles in the sky if you're in a real free fall. Hypoxia might set in and you'll be unconscious for roughly the first mile of this fall because of lack, lack of oxygen. But then you'll wake up, okay, <laughs> to discover that you're still plunging 120 miles per hour and still have a full two or three minutes to go uh, from about 30,000 feet, uh, cruising altitude to the very hard and unforgiving ground. Maybe the worst part of a plane crash is that it's a common fear as well. Let's be honest, the worst way to die is a deeply personal choice. If you fear air travel, your imagination soars about sputtering engines, clipped wings, and the like. If you, um, and, well, if you fear, the next thing we'll read on. But I had this thought the other day. I, I, I don't get scared on planes. Um, I just, I, it's an unreasonable fear to have. Um, it's, it's possible. It, I mean, obviously it's possible, but like, what, you know, what's the point of just being like, yeah. do you get fucking terrified every time you get in your car? Cause you're more likely to die then, yeah. you know? So freaking out in the plane, it's like, all right, right whatever. It's, I think it's a control thing though. Like when you're driving, you're, you're driving, in, you're driving. But even if you're a passenger in the car. But you know? for me, yeah. that's why flying is less scary than driving. Because yeah. if I'm flying, I don't, there's nothing I can do. But yeah. if I'm driving, I'm a little bit more scared because I'm like, oh, what, what if, if I fuck, I fuck up, up yeah, and yeah, I yeah. hurt my, or I hurt someone else or myself. That's glass half yeah. empty attitude there <laughs> well I, when I was getting on the plane in California you know when you're like wait you're like waiting in the line in that in that tube that gets you into the plane yeah so I was in that lineup and I I was stepping onto the plane mm-hmm. but again the lineup's just like continuing so I'm standing in that like that opening of the plane door and I was looking at the plane and I remember just like touching the nuts and bolts on the on the doorway and I was like <laughs> man there's a lot of fucking metal in here like if this thing crashed you're just, you. I mean, you're better off to like pull a grenade and hold it close to you and hope the shrapnel doesn't like kill you. But you would a die crash. instantaneously in a plane crash. No, not necessarily. 
Likely, though. Li- I mean, likely, but there's or lots like, of plane yeah. crashes where people like survive the crash, but then don't survive, you know, the fire or the drowning. You know, it'd be the, the, the most, so like the scariest thing for me, like a, a plane crash would be scary. It's really like, um, like super scary to be in, obviously. Yeah. I'm not afraid of flying, but how badass would it feel to survive a plane crash? Yeah. Like yeah. if you survived a fucking well, there's plane a, there's those like smashing into yeah, the there's ground. like those kids, the soccer team that survived the plane crash into the mountain, you know, a bunch of them. And then, yeah. and then, and then they had to survive eating each other, you know, yeah. like, yeah. like Val, Val like Valerie yeah. who yeah. survived yeah. that plane crash. That's right. What's interesting about the plane crash thing though, is that it seems to be mostly a mental fear because it's like, you're unconscious for a bit, but then it's like, it seems to be more about the two to three minutes that you're just zooming towards your doom and there's that's nothing the, you can do about it. That's the scary yeah. part. Yeah. Like imagine going, Oh my God, we're going to crash. Oh, I feel dizzy. Ugh. Pass out and then wake up and go, Oh fuck. We're still crashing. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's bad. But everything else is so physical. It's like interesting that this is more a mental thing. Yeah. Do yeah. you think within to not to like beat a dead horse on this, but like, do you think that within, <laughs> within, within like two or three minutes that you'd eventually like resign yourself to the fact that you're going to die? Or do you think it's not long enough? Like, do you think no. after a minute of being like, ah, I think it's easy. Ah, I th- you'd yeah, finally no, be like, no, oh, no, I think it's easy to think that way, but you have to also consider ev- like a plane full of people freaking out. It's going to be hard to chill when everybody around you is so not chill. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody's freaking out. You're going to be like, well, it's like when you're watching a comedy show and like you're not alone. Like when you watch comedy alone, it's like you kind of go. <laughs> but when you're watching comedy with people and everybody's laughing, you're like, ha 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 ha. Right. If everybody yeah. else is freaking out, you're going to be like, oh, I got to like top the freak out here. Yeah. Do you. It becomes a competition. Do you think that like, because we'll never know this. <laughs> I'll freak out more than you. This is, a, this is an interesting thing to ponder. Like, do you think, so imagine we could meet each other like in the afterlife and we're all meeting up and it's like, how did you go? And you could watch like the video of you, yeah, yeah. you dying or like a dog shit in my mouth. Yeah, yeah, dog shit in my mouth. <laughs> I got and sick I for three days. Then I died. <laughs> um, but do you think there is somebody who's in the history of the planet has been in like a fucking terrible plane accident that like has been falling for three minutes like that? everybody's screaming around them and they're just like, guys, it's chill. We're I know someone die. who would like, do that. Who do you think? Uh, anybody that has Addison's disease. Oh, right. Cause they'd be can't. like, I don't even, I can't even feel this. <laughs> like you guys are freaking out. I can't <laughs> even, I don't even know how to freak yeah, out. I actually saw this. So chill. I saw, speaking of TikToks, I saw this TikTok of, uh, <laughs> of this woman, this like, it was called like the four Oh five Karen. It's this like woman driving down the highway. She's got, her front ride tire is in her minivan is exploded. Her back hatch is all the way up and it's the van's just cruising along yeah. sparks. And then the guy's Lauren filming going, her for I like, hope I don't fuck up filming, <laughs> filming yeah. her for like two minutes. And then they pull up next to her at, on an off ramp on the stop sign. And she's, and they're like, dude, what the fuck? Your tires exploded. You're driving down the highway. And she's like, huh? What? Really? And they're like, <laughs> are you on ambient? What yeah, type of drugs? Yeah. And she's like, I didn't take any drugs. And then, she gets out of the van. You can just see pills like all around her. And she's oh, yeah, clearly yeah, just yeah. been she's super But she would be chill on the plane. <laughs> well, crashing. here's number five. And this one, this one's horrendous. I can't believe it's only five. Um, eaten by animals. <laughs> animals are great. Mm-hmm. Case in point. Donut. Uh, they provide comfort and compassion um, and are a sense of humor. 
also, they can kill you and eat you. Uh, which brings us to our next worst way to die. It's kind of a catch-all category because it turns out there are many, 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 many animals that are fine with noshing your pretty person. So, unlike other cats that will kill and eat you, lions, tigers, and so on, jaguars do not suffocate their prey by going for the neck. Instead, they use their elongated canines to bite through the temporal bones of their victim. Whoa. They bite the brain. Ouch. Uh, not to be outdone, hyenas can hold their own in the cat eating people contest. While they might shake and break the spine of a smaller prey, they hop on, they hop to it with people-sized victims. When they have a victim prone, they start eating, uh, even if the person-sized victim is completely and utterly conscious. <laughs> Bears will do the same thing. Uh, pythons and anacondas do asphyxiate a person. Ca- the cause of death is generally cardiac arrest from a lack of oxygen. And yes, they belong on this particular page because they've also been known to occasionally swallow victims after they squeeze. I think I could beat up an anaconda. No. Have you ever yeah. have you ever felt have you ever have you ever like held a snake? Yeah. Their yeah. strength is incredible. Undeniable. It's it is impressive. Undeniable. But if an anaconda was wrapping itself around me and squeezing me, I would just sink my fingers so far into its skin I would just tear it apart. No, you wouldn't. They're scales, dude. It, like but the fucking dude. medieval body armor was based off of of lizards. Yeah, but have you seen a mom have her child trapped under a vehicle and use her superhuman strength to yeah, lift the vehicle? I don't know, up? man. It's it's li- it goes super saiyan. It's literally a giant long m- m- rope muscle. What what animal scares you the most? Which one would you hate to be? Bear eaten by a bear, bear for 100%, 100%. I, when we were in Vancouver a few weeks Fuck ago bears, I went for a hike bears. in the woods yeah. and there was a there was a bear in the area sign and I was on my own no and I no, had no, headphones no. in and I was and I like after walking five minutes into the woods I just felt this like eerie sort of terror come oh, over no, me yeah no. I took my headphones out and I would I just kept walking but I was like clapping and whistling yeah. the entire time because I was actually yeah pretty afraid of it like a bear would be you, have you seen those like those videos on the internet of like people can like oh yeah coming in contact with and bears bear are or mountain lion so fast yeah yeah bears are bears are like a bullet like they're yeah. so fast you know you you don't have a, a moment to think yeah you know mama bear <laughs> no way uh, this one's this one makes sense number four crushed to death oh. so you think <laughs> animals uh, eat you are bad they well, used to be like medieval torture they just yeah. like. Put rocks on you till you died. Wait till this. <laughs> Even yeah. worse. Indian, like ancient Indian torture. Uh, they would get a elephant to execute you. Whoa. Stepped on by an elephant. Observed in the late 19th century, the punishment was brutal. Um, uh, execution by elephant. Uh, note that first the criminal was tied to the leg of an elephant by his waist and then taken for a bloody trot around the city after that the criminal was made to kneel and place his head on a stone the elephant crushed the accused head with its foot uh, while being fucked. crushed while being cru- oh yeah dude for sure while being crushed whole is awful also consider the unpleasant alternative of dying after only an appendage has been crushed uh, toxins build up at a crush site including large amounts of potassium that can cause cardiac arrest and my- myoglobin uh, which can result in kidney failure even after the object is removed, dying from being crushed even after you've had the good fortune of getting out from under the object, uh, which is definitely a worst way to die. Did I talk about the uh, painfortainment episode of uh, Hardcore History on the show where I talked about being broken by the wheel? No. So I'm... There is this book 
that has that came out a number of years ago. I forget the name of it, but it's on my Christmas list just this year because I'm obsessed with this podcast episode, Hardcore History, which is called Pain Fortainment. And it's about the the human history of viewing pain and death as a form of entertainment. Mm-hmm. So in the medieval days, um, you know, uh, executions were happening, you know, almost daily um, for, for crimes that, you know, you, you, uh, you steal an apple, fuck it. We'll, we'll kill you. Like in Eng- England, they'll execute you outside of England. There were some really fucking weird execution techniques that were developed. And there's this book that was written. Um, it's the, it's, it, they found, they found this ancient journal from an executioner. So he had, he had written this journal and it was his job. His job was to be the executioner in the town. And uh, this book is about, this book is the, if, like, you know, kind of chronicles the entire journal of this guy's career. Cool. And executioners are really interesting because they were like, they were basically like pariahs in society. Like it was bad luck to, like if, I, if we were grocery shopping and I was an executioner and I rubbed up against you, all of a sudden you are like convinced that you are, you have bad luck, you're going to die, yada, yada. So like they, they were, they were, they were, tr- they were, tr- they were uh, like ousted and treated like really poorly and, and people thought they were weird and, and kind of magical and hated them. You know why? Because they probably were carrying around so much trauma. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Dude. Yeah. So much trauma. Right. So, so there was this technique, um, in, in back in the, you know, whatever, like the 14th, 15th, 16th century. And it was called being broken by the wheel or being broken on the wheel. Mm-hmm. So what they would do is they would take the um, victim um, or the prisoner and they would strap them by their arms and legs. So there's four posts on the ground. And so they're, they're kind of starfished out, arms and legs starfished out. The executioner would take a wheel, like the wheel of a, a wagon. And with that wheel, he would slam it down, crushing their, all the joints of their arms. Oh. So their wrists their elbow joints, their shoulder joints, all their fingers. And then he would do the other arm and he would do the legs, the hips, the knees, the ankles, the feet. Now, by this time, you're just jello in your limbs. Mm-hmm. They would then, if you, you still be alive at this it, point. Yes, some of them would be. Now, if the executioner did not do what they would all, all, uh, often some, or sometimes do, which was then follow that up with crushing your sternum or your, your neck or your jaw, so if they didn't do that and you were still alive, what they would do, and they would do this even after they crushed your chest, they would then take that wheel, place it down on the ground, flat. They would take your body, place it on the wheel, and then thread your jello limbs through the spokes. Oh, right. So you're like this like fucking octopus-like yeah. creature. Whoa. And then they would take that wheel, put it on a post that's like, you know, 11 feet high, and then just leave it out there, like spinning letting, you know, the fucking birds pick away at you or whatever. Dude, that someone thought of that. You know what, you know what's crazy is like That's so crazy. so we could sit here and go like, oh, like intellectually, could you imagine like could you imagine that? And you think about it. <laughs> I can't. But like but I actually like, can't imagine. But that. like even it's even, so beyond my my scope of understanding. Don't don't just imagine it for a second though like <laughs> like think of <laughs> taking this table and taking it to my limbs. And, and you just literally taking this crushing and you. crushing my limbs. And, and, and then wrapping and then, you around the table like some weird fucking party trick. Okay, um, let's move on to the next one. Okay. Uh, number three, freeze to death. 
Mm-hmm. Seems mild, to be honest. Hypothermia or freezing to death isn't quite as exotic as being executed by an elephant, but it certainly belongs on this list as it combines a slow struggle with pain and death. The body freezes in gradual stages. While we start out at a normal 98 or so degrees Fahrenheit, uh, as the body cools, we start shivering. That's a sign that your muscles are beginning to realize that we need to generate heat, stat. When no heat is supplied, our muscles become stiff and wooden which means our motor control and coordination go out the window. Note that if you're tumbling around making contact with the ground, you're probably getting colder. Uh, Your brain is also suffering. You can't think clearly or hold a thought. And then the shivering stops, which is very, very, very bad. Because now your body isn't even creating a cursory heat and your overall temperature plunges. Your body's organs and responses are slowed that it might actually appear that you're dead before you even are. Mm-hmm. Luckily, you do lose consciousness at some point, so you've got that going for you. Still, very unpleasant and typically drawn-out way to go. I heard that um, like when you start to get hypothermia, your skin starts to feel warm. Like you, like it hurts to a certain point, then it like then you know it's bad when it no longer hurts. Yeah, I don't right? know. I mean. I, I feel like uh, I feel like broken being broken on the wheel would be way worse than yeah. being well. Odd, oddly dead. enough, number two, torture. <laughs> well, um, yeah. No list of worst ways to die can be complete without acknowledging the psychopathic minds that came before us and created uh, innovative, vulgar ways to be punished to death. Many ancient kingdoms and states were terrifically uptight about criminal effect, offenses. Uh, um, and let's not forget that modern society still punishes people with torture and death too. Uh, but let's look at some particularly effective forms of death used back in the day. Sure, we're familiar with drawing and quartering uh, the medi- in medi- from medieval England, but when it comes to torture, the Persian Empire was really in its own category of horror. One of the techniques required that the victim stay for days in a room filled with ash. At some point, after passing out from exhaustion, the lungs of the victim would fill with ash and they would suffocate on the matter. Terrible, right? Well, prepare yourself for the boats. The ancient Persian torture method required the victim to lie in a covered narrow boat with only the head showing. The face would be smeared with honey and milk where flies would then swarm. Note that they would be fed often and regularly so the person was soon swimming in their own filth, at which point maggots would hatch at which point maggots would devour the body. One man Whoa. was said to be in the tub for 17 days before decaying alive. Whoa. That's fucking gnarly. That is so gnarly. Oh, that's, that's bad. That's maybe the craziest thing. That I've might be one of the craziest heard. things I've ever heard in my entire life. And it's not number one. It's not number one. You ready? Number one. Oh. Die of embarrassment. <laughs> this is- <laughs> This is the worst top 10 list ever. (laughs) We've certainly collected our share of horrific ways to go, but there's one more way that goes deserved to be on the worst list because it's preventable, and that's dying from embarrassment. So first, yes, it is possible to actually die from embarrassment. When stress and anxiety rise, which accompany embarrassment, a surge of adrenaline enters the bloodstream that could kill you. Um, That's according to the American Heart Association. Uh, it's for this reason that people can undergo a cardiac reaction from not just embarrassment, but also uh, fight, or, fight or flight or even a sexual response. But we're speaking of a different embarrassment. Too often people are too afraid or shy to get treatment or seek help for medical problems that they think are shameful or silly. While getting eaten by a python or being tortured is no way to go, do remember that the worst kind of death is one that by all accounts could have been prevented. 
Wow. Yeah. It's pretty good. Wow. Pretty good. Pretty good for number one, right? <laughs> I know someone that functionally gave themselves that like destroyed their own pancreas because they refused to seek help for yeah. like abdominal pain. And it, it ended up getting so bad that like someone like their that their partner had to call like an ambulance yeah. and then they were taken away and had their pancreas removed. You know, I hate that that yeah. is number one, but I also appreciate. <laughs> yeah. The like beautiful message. I mean, it is, you know, it's like, it's a good message. It's like the embarrassment of sharing your feelings and then those feelings penting up and then, you know, you put a fucking muzzle in your mouth and blow your head off. Like that's, that's no way to go. No, that that's years and years of fucking self torture. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, You know what though? I do think personally, personally, I do think getting tortured to death would be worse. Um, but you know, well, well, uh, (laughs) jumping in a volcano. I don't know. That sounds pretty bad. (laughs) I actually, I I think torture doesn't, um, shouldn't be on the list because, because torture, you could torture people by all different means of like all the other top 10 list items could be no aspects of torture. But the reason why torture is on list is, isn't because of the, the gnarly ways of dying. It's the, being tortured to death right, is yeah, like right, the, the yeah. falling asleep in the plane and waking up in the plane. It's like mm-hmm. you're you're it's inevitable. It's coming. And to be that guy 17 days of just being eaten by maggots, like right, yeah. That's I, covered that's in your own bad. shit. Okay, that's bad. So so barring um like number one or number two of the other ones without picking torture, like which one would you guys prefer? Prefer? Prefer, prefer yeah. If you had to choose one of the ways to go, jumping into a pick? volcano, you would want to go by jumping into yeah. a volcano. Yeah. Because if I, it, if I mean, if I accidentally fell into a volcano, mm, that's not great. But if I was like, I'm, I have to die, so I'm going to jump in. At least I would jump in head first, and I know that that probably wouldn't last that long. That's true. But if, but if it was accidental, probably still jump into the volcano. I mean, it's it's pretty short. Like, I mean, that can't last more than a minute. I. uh I especially if you're face first, like that's that's got to be quick. Yeah, yeah. The heat, the heat would be so immense that if you just went, (gasps) it's funny. You just burn your lungs out, and then you're like, okay, bye. My brother was uh, flying a drone over a volcano um, to take pictures, uh, like last year. And while he was flying it, he was flying over top, and all of a sudden, while he's watching through the video. You just saw the wings come down in front of the drone because <laughs> they're not the supposed heat, to do that. <laughs> the heat from the, the volcano coming yeah. up over top yeah. of it, yeah, just melted it and it yeah. just disintegrated. I mean, that's what I mean. Volcano. Like, like if you if you were if you were getting burned burned on on like to, on a stake, you know, like again, medieval torture, like burning someone on the stake. Your the I mean, the quickest way for you to die is to allow that fire to get hot enough and close enough that. You can just like die from asphyxiation by right, burning yeah. out your lungs. Ew. Here's another yeah. crazy thing about that podcast: the pain for tainment. They used to do so. So I mean, it's it's such a long podcast, but they they're they're talking about like there there's so many different reasons why we were we were torturing people to death and executing people. A lot of it has to do with religion. There's all this fascinating stuff about religion, but um, there was once once like there 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 was there was like this this sort of revolution in like in empathy if you could even say that that was happening in society at the time where they were like okay we we have to keep doing these executions to like prove a point you know to like make sure people aren't being bad but we also don't want to like torture these people so that it's so brutally fucking awful for their death 
So they started doing this thing where secretly without telling the town, they would sometimes strangle the victims before they would um, do whatever like weird execution they were doing. That's so nice. Right. And so, but, but one of the things that they were doing outside of the strangling was when they were burning people, they would, and they wouldn't tell people this, but they would take a sack of gunpowder and place it right underneath the person's head, like in a, in like a necklace. So just, yeah so when it gets hot enough it would just like pop their head off and then they would they would die like with this quick bang as opposed to you know being burned to death for whatever three or four or five minutes that's crazy fucking crazy Lo, if you had to pick one of the ways to go which one would you choose plane crash i fucking love plane crashes (laughs) (laughs) that would be gnarly (laughs) fucking love plane crashes but Uh, i mean that's a quick one too you know like yeah the the going down isn't but once it happens once the once the impact I mean, you're kind of toast. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, you might have enough time to, like, text text or call someone, tell them you love them kind of thing. and then mm. But then also it's like... You the, think the plane the Wi-Fi is still is working quick. while it's going down? No, but you just turn yourself off airplane mode. At a certain point, you're at a low <laughs> enough altitude. You could probably send at least you're one. You're at like, such a low altitude that I think bye. it's like three seconds. <laughs> no, no. That's got to be the probably, quickest no, no, text. Dude, That's probably you're, true. You're like, I got 5G. Goodbye. <laughs> no, no, no. No, because when, you, when you're... Not when you're if you go like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you I go won't be skydiving. <laughs> Feed the cat. <laughs> if you go skydiving and you're at 10,000 feet, you probably have cell service there and it's 30 seconds of free fall at that point. Until you can pull, yeah, your right, right, right. So, yeah, and, and the so you and probably the, have like thirty right. seconds, of and the plane's not going to go. The plane's not going faster than. But at at that at that height, it's fourteen thousand feet, and at that height, it does take a minute to get to terminal velocity, which you will already oh, have been right, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but even still, that that you, is quite enough a, time that, to send enough a time text to send a text, especially yeah. if you got two minutes to prep the text. Yes, yeah, yeah, if you yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you didn't pass it, if you took your if you took your uh, N95 off first and then put your oxygen mask on second like you should. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then maybe yeah. you didn't. Yeah. Also, if you took your phone and like put it into your gut and then used your body as a sort of like fleshy airbag. Like you then phone, become the, then your phone the black might, box. Well, your phone might be able to still send the message because you protected it yeah. on impact yeah. so that it could still send the message afterwards yeah. too, right? Yeah. Um, I True. would choose being adrift at sea. For sure. Dude, you're psycho, dude. No. Did you not watch fucking Castaway? For real. Yeah. It was brutal. Yeah, I feel like I'd go delirious. I'd start seeing shit and it wouldn't be as bad as like... Seeing shit isn't fun when no. it's that type of seeing shit. Yeah. To me. God damn, that's a nightmare, okay. dude. That's that's nightmare fuel. That's pretty bad. Yeah. I'm going to die by my bladder exploding in a minute. If we I mean, I, honestly, I'd rather, I'd rather die having donuts <laughs> shit in my mouth, really, if I had to choose. Um, all right, folks, thanks for tuning in. Lo, thanks for joining. So it's such a fucking treat. Love, oh, like, loved having you. It was so fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was um, fun. And uh, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, uh, join the Discord. The link is Do in it. the show notes. Um, and, of course, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or just leave a little uh, rating on the Spotify mobile app. And uh, if you want to chime in, uh, how would you want to die? Uh, info at sickboypodcast.com. Let us know. We will read it on the show because uh, I would love to kind of keep this rolling for the next few weeks. I think this is fascinating. Hell yeah. And you can uh, also find out more about the podcast on our uh, website, which we've just updated, sickboypodcast.com. Mm. And also, we're obviously on TikTok um, posting a lot of this great top 10 content over there so check us out on tiktok go see how tiktoky i can be yeah um, i'm i'm <laughs> editing i don't know why videos. i didn't do i didn't know i don't know why i didn't do it like this top 10 ways you can die 
I'll way one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Give it, give it to me right now. I'll cut it in. <laughs> uh, and a huge thank you to uh, Rich O'Coin for the theme music and Jeff Lonis. He's uh, on tour right here. now, folks. If Rich is coming to your town uh, with Tuck- Tupperware Remix Party, check it out. Yeah, and check it out, uh, you Europeans, because I think mm-hmm. he's doing some shows overseas. Too. Dublin. He's coming yeah. over to Dublin. Yeah. Um, that's that's all I got. <laughs> that is it for this week. Uh, I'm Brian. I'm Lauren. And I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.